You're listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Gerard with space. Puts it towards Barosh. He's been tipped through it. The goalkeeper made contact. Luis Garcia was in front of the line. Gallas hooked it away. West Ham shocked the football world early on Saturday with a 3-1 win over Manchester United at the London Stadium. United off to their worst start in 29 years. Arsenal extended their win streak with a 2-0 victory over Watford and are tied on points for fourth place with Tottenham. Speaking of Spurs, they won at Huddersfield away 2-0 thanks to a Harry Kane brace. The Terriers are in real trouble right now with only two points on the year and no goals scored at home. Manchester City eased their way into first place with a 2-0 victory at Brighton and Chelsea ended Liverpool's perfect start of the season when the Blues and the Reds drew 1-1 at the bridge thanks to a late heater of a goal from Danny Sturridge. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew Passaro in here with Alex Moss and Javier. How we doing, boys? Hey, doing pretty well. Had a, had a pretty well after it took you like 45 minutes to get this set up. Pretty well it is after it is. the technical difficulties. Yeah, exactly. It's the beauty of podcasting, you know, radio. If you guys mess that up, then, you know, the whole show is ruined. But just I Arsenal mean, with their seven straight way. wins. We're gods. Oh, God damn. We're gods. Yeah, you're, you're gods because you beat. Can we, can we, can we kick him off the pod, Andrew? How, <laughs> I, how many, Alex, how many podcasts about, before his deal becomes permanent? <laughs> Alex, I thought about just telling, like, while he was did we do a with loan, all his issues. Yeah. Do we do a loan with an obligation to buy or an option to buy? I'm, not, I'm, I'm pretty not sure, sure it's an option at this point. <laughs> hey, my form is, is spectacular, so you, you can't take me off. You can't take me off. Scoring spectacular we, in Arsenal we would, terms. We would never dare, Javier. We would never dare. All right, well, let's start it with Saturday morning. United losing 3-1 to West Ham United. And after I said that's United's worst start in 29 years, I realized, it's like, oh, wait, both teams are called United. They don't know which one. Uh, that would be Manchester United off to their worst start in 29 years. Uh, they have 10 points from seven games, which is the same as the 2013-14 start under uh uh, David Moyes, but there's an inferior goal difference, which means it's their worst top flight start since they picked up seven points in 89-90. Uh, that comes from the BBC. Uh, in that West Ham game, uh, goal from Anderson in the third minute, a Lindelof own goal in the 43rd, Rashford in the 71st, and Arnautovic closed it out in the 74th minute. Alex, uh, lot, just a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack in this game. Who impressed you? Which of the two Uniteds? I know what the easy answer is, but uh, player-wise, who were you kind of impressed with? Who who would you say you were surprised by? Issa Jop in the back, this, their center back, the young French center back they signed. Marino even said it after the game himself that he was just like he was a monster. And then you have to say Felipe Anderson. I think like like Arnautovic gets a lot of the plaudits recently for West Ham, and obviously last year he was pretty good for them. But that little flick was. To, for the uh, for the opening goal, that was audacious, and I think that that was definitely his first goal, wasn't it, for the club? I think it was his goal for the club. Yeah, 
he probably got one of those eight goals they got against Macclesfield last week or something. So first Premier League. Right, goal, I was to say I'm he definitely sure. got some goals. Uh, I think he got two goals in that game, but yeah, his first goals in the Premier League. Yeah, the, and then I would just give an honorable mention to the work that Declan Rice and Pedro Obiang did in midfield because Mark Noble can't play the Premier League midfield against the top side right now unless he has other players doing the running for him. So they got obviously great performances all over the field, but United were. They were pretty bad too, and I didn't Come really get what that of, formation a, was. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what formation was weird. Well, when I saw five three two three four three five two, whatever you want to call it, back three with McTominay, Smalling, and Lindelof, uh, Alex Young or not Alex Young, um, Ashley, Ashley Young, and Luke Shaw as the wing backs, and then you also had uh, Anthony Martial and. Lukaku up top with a midfield with Pogba and Matic and I believe wasn't it Fellaini? Fellaini, yes. Yeah, yeah. I when I saw the lineups before the game, I was with Alex. Uh, Alex came over in the morning to watch the games, um, and I immediately said to Alex, "I was like, West Ham have a better lineup on paper." I just hated that United lineup, and I thought immediately like West Ham could get something from that game. I mean, it was really it well deserved. On, it was. It depends on. It depends on who you're asking, Javier. But like, if you've watched a decent amount of uh, West Ham before, and like when they're at their best, you'd probably agree with that. But I'm guessing more casual viewers would probably see West Ham's lineup and United's lineup and think, "How did United mess that one up?" <laughs> I mean, despite playing Scott McTominay in the back three, which. We've seen Mourinho like sort of test or not test, like try out different different combinations of players in that back three. Like Ander Herrera has played there in the past. I think he played there for the Tottenham loss a few weeks ago. But it seems like he's just kind of like rotating like defensive minded players who have mobility into that back three to try and obviously add another body there to like shore them up defensively, but make sure that they don't like sacrifice in terms of pace. Obviously, it didn't work. <laughs> they got played off the field. I was just surprised by how passive they were. You know, I mean, like West Ham are, they've got plenty of good attacking players. You just, you, you have to make sure that those attacking players don't get uh, good enough service of the ball. And United weren't really able to do that. It was, it was really, really disappointing if you're a United fan. Obviously, Pogba came off with 30 minutes to go, which begs the question how long does Mourinho have? Because. <laughs> Uh, we talked about it last week, how Pogba and Mourinho not getting along and not working out is basically that that lead, or that equals Mourinho's job status. If he can't make it work with Pogba, then he's not yeah, going to make it, it work at United. It looks really bad that like the week after that happens, they lose 3-1, and they lost the midweek game. And he gets game. dragged off when they're down 2-0. Right. And, and they, down right, two they were down 2-0, and you bring off your 80-whatever-million-pound guy and you're down two and nil, and like, after. and you could tell that, like, right, you know, he, he scored after, and he was just like, I was right, you know, Mourinho thought that immediately. It was just like, and Pogba was just like, f you, dude, like, how do you not leave me on the like on the field? Like, I don't know how you take that guy off, you know. You definitely take also, off. Also, Alexis Sanchez not in the squad, so there's not there's not a injured, of- not uh, sick. There's just nothing been given on him. He just wasn't in the stu- team. You got to think there was something odd there too. Maybe he fought with Mourinho. It's looking bleak, real. It's bleak. possible Pogba and uh, Alexis have teamed up. Oxlade Chamberlain and Alexis were like really anti Wenger, um, and I mean they were definitely right. But 
they were anti-Wenger, and that's why you know Ox ended up leaving in January and said it Alexis. So, uh, but they were they ended up kind of like becoming friends in their hatred toward the coach. Maybe Pogba and uh, Alexis have some struck up a similar thing here. Well, first first of all, uh, Oxley Chamberlain left before the, the transfer deadline day, and uh, but also does Jose no, he, Mourinho he left in the January transfer window. No, he left in the summer. Oh, he, he left, left in the summer, right? Okay, right after you guys got beat four 0 by them, right? Yeah, because he played for oh Arsenal in the 4-0. Oh my! how bad he played, he played in that match. And then he played for Liverpool in the five 0 against City. <laughs> right. So a nine 0 aggregate loss for uh, for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain yeah. the first week. He made up for it. He made up for it. It's all forgiven. Yeah. Getting back to to things, does Jose Mourinho make it to Christmas as Manchester United manager? Yes, I say no. I say no. I think that United are patient. I'm saying, I'm saying no. I'm saying wow. No. I don't. I don't see it now. They'd have to. They'd have to like win this Champions League group. They're they're playing Valencia tomorrow at home, so that'll be a big game for that. But yeah, I was just gonna say they need to win that game, and they need to get themselves like back in the conversation for top four. Because right now you, they're they're in tenth, and. People, I don't think you can reasonably make an argument that they could even like sneak into top four right now. It's gonna, it's gonna take like a big, big turnaround. So they have to get themselves back in that conversation by Christmas, or Mourinho is gone for me. I don't think, I don't think he lasts till then. But we'll see. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, Saturday, ten o'clock games, a uh, whole bunch of them. Only one game on Sunday this weekend, which was a really a little disappointing. But it is what it is. Arsenal two 0 over Watford. Cathcart own goal in the in the eighty first, and Ozil in the eighty third. Watford, uh, they did have their their opportunities earlier in the match and failed to capitalize. Uh, and the bigger news was that Petr Cech came out injured, and in comes Leno for uh, his first Premier League appearance. Um, but Javier, how did you feel about this match? I know you're gushing heavily about. Arsenal right now because they've won a million games in a row against lackluster teams, but how, how did you feel? Okay, first of all, last season, Arsenal were not willing, winning a million games at all against lackluster teams. We were losing those games. We were miserable. We won one away game, and it was against Huddersfield all of last second half of last season. From January to May, we won one away game. One. It was the last one. Too. We've already won three this season. So I'm like, okay, it's a little bit better. Like, life's a little bit better this year, you know? But Arsenal Football Club should be expected to win those games. You shouldn't okay, be celebrating and that, no, winning any you're away right. game. You're right. And I was telling Alex that, like, I think this is the bare minimum for Arsenal. I think, like, they need to be beating these teams in order to, like, just even be in the conversation again for top four. And, like, that's where minimum baseline Arsenal should be. But we weren't there the last two years. So, like, you can see why now I'm a little bit more optimistic and excited because we weren't beating the Watfords and the Evertons and, you know, teams like that before we were losing or tying those games. And now we're starting to beat them. It's also the method, like the way that we're winning these games, um, specifically in this in this game, Watford were that first half was was pretty even with that. We got a lot better in the second half. Um, I think Arsenal this year just has been a, a way better in the second half of games. I don't know if it's like just the the tactics or you know the tweaking at halftime. It's usually Torreira has been coming on in games at halftime. Now he's starting from the beginning, but it's it's been evident that we've kept two clean sheets in a row. He's started both of those games. 
We haven't had clean sheets in any of our previous like six or five games before that. So the two games that he starts, two clean sheets, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think he's he adds just like a calmness to the back line. He gives um, a lot of our, you know, a lot of the mistakes that you saw Mustafi uh, and sometimes Socrates making, he cleans up a lot. I thought Rob Holding was actually excellent in this game. I thought it was probably his best, his definitely his best game in an Arsenal shirt, you know, playing against a very good Watford side who, uh, I think we were talking about this before the pod, Andrew, but it, this game could have gone both ways. You know, Watford had a bunch of chances also in the second half um, where after Leno came on, I mean, he, he, he played super well. He made probably, you know, probably three three good saves and another two, uh, you know, good, you know, he came out for crosses, punched well. He, he, I thought he did really well, and it was great for his debut. It'll be good for confidence for him to keep a clean sheet like that. Also, Ozil scoring again. That's his third goal of the season. I'm happy he's starting to find a little bit of form, maybe. You know, he was looking pretty dire those first few games. So I hope that he can start producing week in and week out. But... Like you said, I mean, it's been lackluster teams. Arsenal's been winning, beating. We have a pretty easy October. We have five games. Uh, I think we play uh, Kerbag away, Leicester away. We play, I think, away at Crystal Palace, home. Uh, there's, there's, uh, it's no, no one out. I think our hardest game is Leicester away. So I think we, we could easily win those five games, which would put us at 12 wins in a row. Going into the Liverpool game uh, November 4th, which will be a fun, our first goal score bowl with Arsenal-Liverpool. Uh, so, you know, I hope we can keep this form up. I hope we can win these next five games in um, in, in October and go into November, you know, on the up. I, I just think last year we weren't doing this, so, you know, it's great that this year we are. It's good you're handling your business. I will just say, though, there hasn't been a single game this season where Arsenal have had a good performance. No, and but that's what's... You guys have gotten good results, but you haven't gotten good performances. But that's what's reassuring to me. I think we have a lot, a big, sure. high, a lot higher ceiling. Like, we, we, we can do a lot more with what we have. We're not playing well, but we're winning, which is, I mean, like, that's all I can ask right now, right? I mean, it's a new team, new coach, new players. Everyone's still still meshing and like there was a lot more problems at Arsenal than there was at Chelsea so like if you're going to counter with like oh well like look how Chelsea are doing with sorry it's like okay well you guys have also won two league titles in the last three years I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't so, going to counter with that so it's like you know you're right you guys are a shit show right we were a shit show so like for us to come in and then win seven seven games you know in Emery's first nine hey if you had told me that at the beginning of the year if you had said out of your first Nine games, you're gonna win seven. I would have, I would have been pretty ecstatic. So you know, that's where I am. That's where I think, I think we're 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 on the right track. Couple personnel questions for you, real quick. Uh, Aaron Ramsey still hasn't gotten a new deal. Does that concern you? And should Lane Oven be starting now? Oh going God. No, I want don't, I want Ramsey sold sold. He's not worth anywhere close to two hundred fifty thousand. If he was willing to take like one hundred eighty thousand, I'd take him. But we offered him two thirty, and he didn't. He was hesitant, so we took the offer off the table immediately. If you're hesitant well, to sign all, for that, he's, all, he's off on a free. He's off on a free in January. That's fine. That's fine. So he's not I, like, get sold. he's he's a, he's he's. I think he's reached. He reached his peak at Arsenal. I don't think he's ever going to be like a better player at any other team. I think we broke our back to make him work. There were so many times where he was bad in the lineup and he didn't play well, but Wenger just played him over and over and over again. And I'm not really going to miss him. I mean, he he did it. We had a good time when he was here. We won three FA Cups with him. He was a great player for us. Not a great, good player for us. But yeah, 
Let him go. Let him go. He's like he's like Oxlade Chamberlain. He's like Walcott, uh, Giroud. All these guys that have been at Arsenal for like seven, eight years. All these Wengerites. Get them out. Get them out of the club. We need we need Emirates in. Get the Emirates in. I want my the Emirates. Yeah, the Emirates. Yeah, the Emirates. Get the Emirates exactly. into the Emirates. I need I need people with new mentalities. Not that uh, not that loser Wenger mentality. What about Leno? Uh, Leno, yeah, I'm super happy with him. Uh, I want him to start going forward. I do feel really bad for Czech, though. He was on great form, and I was happy with him starting. So I'm happy we have two goalies, and they're pushing each other. But I hope Czech, Czech will be back soon to keep pushing Leno. And, you know, both of them getting game time is a good thing. So it can only be good. All right, let's move over to Tottenham beating Huddersfield real quick. Uh, Harry Kane penalty in the 34th and his first goal in the 25th. Uh, Huddersfield in a lot of trouble. Spurs got to get healthy. No Deli Alley, no Christian Eriksen. Not their best performance, but they get the job done. Deli's out for a month now. Yeah, another month. That he was just coming back from an injury. I said they would bounce back this game. I was correct. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. I mean, they they've they've got Cardiff up next. So Kane alert. Kane hat trick alert possibly incoming. <laughs> Save it for the preview. Save it for the preview. Abby. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I, I think that this this game is like. This game was just pretty cut and dry. Like Huddersfield, I mean, they're a good team at home. They made it difficult, but I mean, are they a good team at home? They haven't scored a goal at home this season. Well, I'm saying like last year they were. They were they were hard I to mean, beat at home. They weren't they, a good they team. They made okay, yeah, they made that place a fortress right. for like non top six. Exactly, teams that they made it super United. hard. Like they were beating teams three <laughs> 0 there last year. I remember <laughs> you like that. <laughs> Actually, I think City I like had a like a last-minute winner there, so City struggled there. City too, did so. struggle there, yeah. City, City yeah. struggled there. That was one of the Raheem Sterling winners last year that we were talking about. Yeah, yep. one of many. Yep. But yeah, this this year they they Wagner just kind of looks out of ideas, and they managed to get what was it like six or seven goals out of both like Steve Mounier and Lauren Deprocher last season, and I think everyone in the world saw that they were going to fall off a cliff and not be able to do it again. So. I enjoyed Huddersfield while it lasted, but I think I'd be willing to pretty much put them in the same category as Cardiff at this point. I don't really see a turnaround unless there's a very a very big like sacking, which I don't think they're going to be willing to do. They're not going to sack David Bob. I got a question for you guys. Who finishes 20th, Cardiff or Huddersfield? Cardiff. Still on Cardiff. Yeah, I'm on Cardiff too. That, that year of Huddersfield, but I'm close. I'm close to switching to Huddersfield because Cardiff, you know, they're... They're, they're at least making games close. Huddersfield is getting blown out right now. So, yeah. Huddersfield plays Burnley this week, which uh, that's going to be a doozy. Uh, we'll jump over to Manchester City, who won 2-0 over Brighton. Sterling in the 29th and Aguero in the 65th. Brighton with a don't get beat by 6-0 this week type of game uh, strategy. Manchester City having over 80% of the ball. Not really sure what else to throw in there to talk about with the Sky Blues and the Seagulls in this one. Yeah, just, you know, Sterling getting back to his usual form with a goal and assist in this game. I mean, the guy last year had a monumental season. I I kind of expect him to put up similar numbers again this year. Maybe slightly less, but, you know, the guy looks nailed on to start. And, you know, oh, what, what we really look at as the City team is... I mean, it looks like they're keeping the consistency that they did last year, right? I mean, they're probably going to end up with ninety plus points this year again. Do you guys do you guys agree with yeah. that? Yeah, like I, I think I it's going to be incredibly hard to win the title this year and beat Manchester City to that. So I think this consistency we're seeing in this bench that they have, the players that they're bringing in, and like, I think it's going to be almost impossible in the league for anyone to catch them this year. 
I mean, obviously Liverpool are putting up a good fight, but um, I mean, let's not forget the Liverpool are equal on points with them. Yeah, the no, that's impressive. That's definitely impressive, but it's just it's it's scary, man. The, the possession they have, the way that they're winning these games, it's just it, it doesn't seem like Remember they have a bother said, right now in the world. So. Remember when people said Pep Guardiola can do it in the Premier League? Yeah. Okay, we, we, we've been through this. We did that last season. <laughs> it sounds like a replay of last season. Um, I'm just going to say a slight switch up in the City lineup that caught my eye was Sinchenko starting at left back. Uh, we obviously saw him like a little bit towards the end of last season play there. But uh, Fabian Delph has been messing up pretty often in left back now. So that's interesting that Pep's felt it necessary to bring in the Manchester City youngster into, into that squad while, while Mendy's out. Yeah, other than that, not too much to see here. Uh, I thought Brighton didn't really have a chance to even get back into the game. As you said, Andrew, they only had like 19% of the ball, 20% of the ball. And, you know, while they're pretty good at sitting deep and defending, just uh, I don't know any team in the world that's going to be able to even create and score one one goal uh, with 20% of the ball. That would take that would be a miracle. So Celtic I'm, sure, I'm sure Brighton are just sort of like relieved to get out of there, like you said, Javier, with only 2-0. All right, uh, a couple other 10 o'clock results. Everton 3-0 over Fulham and Newcastle losing 2-0 to Leicester City. I know Javier had a couple quick thoughts on both of those matches. Yeah, the Everton-Fulham one, um, just that 3-0 flatters Everton. Sigurdsson did miss a penalty, but Fulham had like four just guilt-edge clear chances. Cessino hit the bar in the first half, and Fulham played actually pretty well in the first half. They, I mean, the, the first goal didn't come until the 56th minute, so... The, the, it was actually a tight game, and Fulham had chances, Everton had chances. It just ended up that Everton were at home, and they ended up getting a couple breaks their way. Um, I also wanted to note that Tosun getting on the board, his first goal for Everton. Yeah, and Sigurdsson, he looks he looks to be uh, maybe coming on form a little bit, you know. Uh, obviously, a couple goals here. They were both nice goals. He took them well. So, look out for him. Raise your hand if you captained Richarlison in fantasy this week. Ooh, that was... Because he did nothing. That was bad. Yeah, he... It's pretty crazy. Three tr- goals and he wasn't part of any of them. Yeah, I did say I, that to you during the game. I was like, watch watch, watch Everton win 3-0 and he gets nothing. I mean, that was like when they were up like 2-0. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I did miss I did miss 2-0 uh, Wolves over Southampton, which was can be expected because Southampton are hot garbage. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Southampton were pretty really bad this game. I was actually just want to talk about how good Wolves were. Like they easily could have won like four or five nil. Um, they really took it to Southampton, and um, it did take till the 79th minute for them to score. So that shows that South. I mean, they took it. They had a bunch of chances, but Southampton, you know, they defended well and they were able to to keep the game close. And you know, could have maybe they had a couple half chances that they maybe could have even gone up one nil at some point, but. Once that first goal went in, I mean, the waves of Wolves pressure. Wolves are a scary team at home this year. Wolves are a scary team anywhere. They're unbeaten since January at home. Since January in the championship at home. Since January? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They haven't lost a game in the league since the championship. They went to Manchester United and Manchester City and got draws. Like, this Wolves team is no joke. I mean, they they drew Manchester City at home. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. But still, they drew. But they have not lost clubs. at home since January. It's pretty, pretty impressive. I, I just want to say, is it too early to have the conversation about which one of Wolves, Leicester, and Everton are gunning for Manchester United's sixth place spot? I think it's a I little think it's too a little early. Too soon. Yeah, but 
a little early. A little early, but but early shout outs to, to Lester and Wolves for for and Everton for all looking looking good early season. They, you know, looking looking like they might be in that 60 65 point range, you know, if if all goes well for them this season, which could challenge for that 6 spot. All right, let's jump over to the big one. Chelsea won, Liverpool won, Eden Hazard in the 25th minute, and Daniel Sturridge with just an absolute piper in the 89th minute. Uh, when you can't beat the blow block, you go high. <laughs> I did not know Danny Sturridge could do that. Alex, do you want to start or do you want me to start? You, you go up right ahead. All right, well, I, to, to, as soon as I saw the lineup, probably around 12-15, uh, I was really disappointed with it. Um, Van Dyke was in there, which I knew was good, but the piece in midfield that I knew we were missing was we had no real engine. We didn't have Nabi Keita. I was uh, so was, relieved. Yeah, it was Milner. That was the first thing I said to Javier when I saw the lineup. So I was like, yes, they're starting Henderson and not Nabi Mil- Keita. Yeah. Milner and Henderson Ronaldo was pretty made, bad, too. Yeah. Yeah, Henderson wasn't great, um, and and that's that's where that's why we didn't win the game. Is I I just think that that selection wasn't good. Although they had their chances in the second half, and kind of even after the Hazard opportunity, you had the the goal that was uh, off the line from Rudiger from Mo Salah. You had a couple other chances from Salah, but both goalkeepers had absolutely great days. Both Keppa and uh, Allison made some fantastic saves. Keppa with a one off the corner, I remember, and then also Allison with the one. Both on keepers with, only uh, made three saves. Leon. Like it wasn't. Yeah, but they were. Important yeah, they were important. Saves. You're right. Like it wasn't like, but it wasn't like they were like raining down shots and like they were both like magnet. Like they they both made important saves. I mean, Allison stopped. Uh, Allison, Eden I thought, was the better once, of the two keepers, and he stopped Willian right. twice. Yeah. I want to say yep. when they were one v one. So Allison, right there, was phenomenal. Keppa didn't have any one v one stops, and like Rudiger blocked that one shot from uh, Salah off the line, and there was another player who blocked a Firmino header off the line. Um, I think David Luiz or someone. But Keppa's distribution was just really, really good, right. and it really helped us like keep a hold of the ball in the first half. I just want to say the the draw was the fair result. The entire time it was coming down to the last like 20, 30 minutes, we were ahead 1-0. We had led for 60 minutes. I was saying to Javier, like, we're not getting a clean sheet against this Liverpool team. I don't know how this goal is coming, but it's coming at some point. We also became far too passive in the second half. We weren't trying to be as aggressive and on the ball. Like, we took Giroud off and brought uh, Morata on to try and uh, – create more chances on the counterattack. And while we did create those chances, the Hazard and Willian ones, we obviously just weren't clinical enough and uh, Morata wasn't the one on the end of them. And you, you could make an argument that Liverpool could have scored two or three goals, but you guys just seem to like seize up and become, you, you either like really rush things or you really overthink things in the final third when you come to Stanford Bridge. And that happens to a lot of like good teams. Yeah, you guys had so Bridge. many like half chances we're like yeah, if you're that, play, like, like normally last you year, those. you guys would have just like been up three nil in the first half, and then it would have just been like, oh, like what the f- no, what okay. Chelsea doing? I like, disagree with that. I disagree with that because whenever big teams come to Stanford Bridge, that usually dude, happens. There was that one United chance where like Salah just like he got the ball, he like shimmied past. Uh, it was either Rudiger or David Luiz. Rudiger. He was, was he was like one on one with the keeper and just like has a crawler on his left and just f- like fluffs it like way over the goal, and you're just like what, like. I like couldn't believe my eyes. I thought that was like an that's, instant. But that's what I Last mean. Last season, that's that would have been one nil, a hundred percent of the time. There's no. the reason that Salah got taken off in the second right. half. He was not Shakir, playing well was because he wasn't having his best game. And, and James Milner didn't have his best game either. Like, yes, Jordan Henderson wasn't great. Was was a liability in midfield. But I thought why now was was your was your best midfielder. 
I mean, Wijnaldum you could was say probably that, their best player. Yeah, I think he was. You their could best say player. that about the whole season, though. Like across the whole season, it's either been Wijnaldum or Milner who have been the best player, like in midfield for this team. And um, I think Wijnaldum and Keita at this point are must starts every week. We like every game, game in, game out. Like they have to be out there. Not that we don't have other options. Like in a game like Southampton, like yeah, play Jordan Henderson, or like you're playing Newcastle, play Jordan Henderson. But in a game like this, like I, that was the biggest. My biggest question is how did Naby Keita not come on? But I'm like, I'm okay with the result. Like, you better be. Does Sturridge get like a shout at Stanford Bridge now? Or are you like, he's just going to be a super sub? I've said, uh, I mean, he has started on and off. I don't think he's really going to start unless Firmino's not 100% because Firmino fits the system better. Right. But Alex, I have a le- legit question for you because I asked, uh, there's a buddy of mine at work who's a big Chelsea fan, actually uh, grew up as a Chelsea uh, season ticket holder. If Eden Hazard gets healthy, where are the goals coming from? And I'm like, I'm not going at you for this. I'm asking this. Wait, because you mean if Eden Hazard gets injured? Yes. If he gets injured, he's out <laughs> for two months. You said if he gets healthy. Right. Oh, yeah, fine, fine. He's, he's very healthy right now. I was like, he's, he, he seemed I'm pretty healthy to, to me. I, in case you can hear it in my voice, I'm trying to get healthy right now. Survived a hospital scare and, and a cold to watch this game, not to brag. But if Eden Hazard gets hurt, like he misses two months or he misses a month like Kevin De Bruyne did, who's scoring the goals for Chelsea? <laughs> I think you know the answer to that question, H. <laughs> no one. <laughs> that's, uh, if Eden Hazard gets injured, that's our season over. If he gets like a month or two injury, we're 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 fucked. Then you're then you're going to be <laughs> like, back in. Then I'm going to be back in that bet, that bet that we made. Let, let's yeah. hope that happens. I mean, it's a good thing Eden Hazard gets kicked for a living, so he's pretty much used to it. And right. If he was going to have like a major. I just want to point out Arsenal are only four points. He's never the had the like table. a. I just want to point that out. That's all. All right, man. We had your segment. It's over. The big boys. <laughs> the big boys are talking now. Okay. Wow. This is this is a this is a Liverpool wow. Chelsea podcast featuring an Arsenal fan. Okay, like stay in your lane. Oh, you not man. making me feel welcome whatsoever here. Yeah, you're right. You know what, I might just you know quit. what Andrew? We should change the name of the podcast uh, just to make Javier feel more welcome. It's not very inclusive with the Ghost Gold Pod it's not, title right now. Right. <laughs> Life isn't very inclusive, Alex. It should be the ghost goal hand of God, so we can we can have an Henri. No, Henri no. reference to Ireland. You yeah, like that, no, Alex? We, we, we already have a reference to Chelsea getting screwed over. I'm not going to have a reference to Ireland <laughs> getting screwed over. <laughs> that would be perfect for the for the pod. Right on theme. Um, but getting back to okay, Andrew. There, there's no there's no cute answer to the Eden Hazard getting injured question. We're fucked if Eden Hazard gets injured. You can see it yourself. One thing I will just like – one final thing I'll say about Chelsea is that I know it's disappointing to l- draw that game when we were winning and had the lead for so long. But it was kind of weird how like strangely happy I think both Chelsea and Liverpool fans were like coming out of that game. Even though we had thrown away the lead – and you guys said like maybe had more of the ball in the second half, but like I, I don't think it was one of like your, like your like better performances or anything like that. We weren't at our we weren't one hundred percent sure. But it, it was that, just like a good entertaining game, end to end stuff. Plenty of chances for both teams. It probably could have been like two two or three three if we had been a bit more clinical. I feel both like both teams, teams were around like ninety percent. You know? Yeah, they were like they were close to their best, but like yeah. just negating each other uh, enough for it to only end one one. But I'll just say I'm more confident about us going up against the likes of United in, in like two weeks, I think we play, and then City a couple of weeks after that. I'm way more confident after that game than I was uh, going into this week, having to play Liverpool twice. We're playing City on over the weekend, and I'm still guaranteeing a win. 
Wow. Okay. But that's that's just because we really Gomez and Van Dyke like, are on. I mean, they those two are awesome. That's a really they good. They legitimately outran Williams. Right. That was crazy. I had never seen someone chase both down of them before. chased them down. And They're they both, both just super came up fast. Him and took him out. Crazy. Uh, Gomez came out of nowhere. Have, have I not been? Have I not been saying this all season on this podcast? I think does Gomez get an England look soon? He already has. Yeah, he already has, dude. No, I'm like like a start. He has. Not a friendly. Right. They have to play not friendlies first. Yeah, right. He played in the, uh, what do you call it, the the Euro League. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sundays, all right, jumping over to Sunday's action. Cardiff losing 2-1 to Burnley. And uh, Bournemouth beat Crystal Palace uh, 2-1 today. Um, Other little side bits of news. FIFA 2019 came out on Friday. I have acquired the game it's like the seventh year in a row or like fifth or sixth year in a row that i've pre-ordered the game um did not do the big ultimate team package this year because the internet in my apartment sucks but it's a little different like it is every year shooting's a little weirder if you have to like time things a little bit which i kind of like um so looking looking uh forward to getting my uh digging deep into that um so far if you're on ultimate team a uh, player that i've used the last couple of years but I don't, i'm a big fan of and it's cheap if you're if you're playing for a bundesliga team the right winger from uh, borussia Mönchengladbach, Hermann uh is a uh, speedy and can dribble well and has a decent shot so he's pretty cheap if you're looking for a right winger uh german wise and the last bit of news i kind of want to talk about and we want to address is the news that came out today about cristiano ronaldo which if you haven't uh heard about i would go google it and we'll put out a, a link on twitter follow us on twitter at andrew Passaro at asmos92 echoes gold pod um there's a big story about uh cristiano ronaldo being accused of rape and sexual assault in 2009 in Las Vegas. And the story is, I, I would really recommend you reading the story and taking a look around as to the journalist who broke the story. Um, there's a lot of details. There's a lot that's gone on. We've read the story or read most of it. I'm not really here to like comment on all of it, but it's a pretty graphic story. And I, re- I really think we should, everybody should read it and look at the details and it's going to be interesting to see how this impacts both Cristiano and just the, the the football world because we've never we haven't seen anything this high profile happen to a player um in a long time pretty much uh, since Maradona's I, cocaine since like that's, yeah that's I would yeah, say that's the last this time little, like, a, like this a, is a lot worse right this is a lot worse uh, absolutely this is this is a, a very very serious crime and I mean if there if these allegations are true uh, which, if you read this article, it's very, very likely that they are true. It's very damning. Um, sure. Then I think we have to look at Ronaldo in a bit of a different light, you know? Um, I mean, oh, you and think? this is this is big, too, because you know, he was, he's was he been long rumored as a player who has openly stated he wants to close his career in the MLS. He he has children here. I think he's um, updated that. He said his, uh, his agent, when they signed for Juve, said that they signed a four-year deal with Juventus and that he was planning on retiring after uh, playing for Juventus for four years. Yeah, but when David Beckham, who he's personal friends with, is building a club in Miami, which is one of his favorite cities in the world, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't consider going to play at Miami at some point. But I, yeah, I think that I think that this case is going to make it very, almost impossible for him ever to come to the MLS um, at any stage in his career. I know he's what thirty one. He's what thirty two now, and he would no, be thirty six. Like, he's like thirty three. I mean, Zlatan's playing here at thirty seven, and I would expect. I think Ronaldo's taking care of better of his, care of his body than Zlatan has. And, but yeah, I take a look at this because 
this story is very scary and it's you hate to see this happen to a young woman and something that we're witnessing almost on a weekly basis in the modern landscape and i'm just personally i'm just happy that people have finally found in their mind the security to come forward and to talk about their stories because for a long time that has never happened it's one of the most common things that happens with sexual assault is that a victim doesn't come forward and because they're afraid that they won't be treated like a victim they will be treated as an accuser and i think that's an important thing to remember here yeah i just want to reiterate read the story it's by der spiegel they're a very reputable news source uh they get accused very pretty pretty often of their stories being untrue or misleading or something. And when people sue them, they don't usually the people who sue them don't usually win. <laughs> so they they're a very reputable news source. The story itself is very long. It take it took me about thirty to forty five minutes to read. But I will just say, if you're a football fan or a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, it's something that you just you you just have to read. You have to you have to give yourself the uh, relevant information to know what's going on because I've already had conversations with people where they didn't know anything of what they were talking about and they just made these really ge- like brash like uh, generalizations or uh, assumptions about the case so uh, it's important to know what you're talking about before you try to have a discussion with anyone about it absolutely yeah. so uh, yeah alright um, we'll have a midweek episode where we preview all the games coming out this weekend obviously Liverpool take on Manchester City so that'll be another doozy on Sunday Rate, review us on iTunes, and uh, follow us on Twitter at Andrew Passaro, at ASMoss92, at Ghost Goal Pod, um, and Instagram as well. So uh, until next time, see ya!